0: I think when it comes to living your life, you need to learn to live a life that's based on fulfillment and value, and your goals need to be as such. When we're setting our financial goals, don't make them superficial, make them meaningful. And then also, what goes with that is defining your success. Don't make success all about wealth, make it about having quality in our lives spending time with those that we love, getting your time back. So a lot of what we do in this podcast, we talk about building wealth, not to become rich people that have a lot of money. It's about having the time for your family and your loved ones and giving back to society. I think that's a great way to establish your financial future and where you wanna go. Ladies and gents, Welcome in to the Free Retiree Show podcast, your career for your finances and your wealth. I'm your host, Wealth Manager, Lee Michael Murphy. Joined alongside my pal, interview coach, career advisor, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? Welcome into our show. Today, we are going to give you a step-by-step process for achieving financial freedom. Sergio and I have been working on something we call the Blueprint. Oh, we coming out with it in the future about essential steps people need to take to get to financial freedom. Today, we're gonna be giving a abbreviated version of it and we've condensed it into 10 steps to help you achieve financial success. So we're gonna make it short, but there's a lot that goes into each of these steps, but hopefully it's gonna lay a foundation and give you a map of what you need to do and focus on to get to where you want. But before we do so, Make sure you like the show. Share us. We appreciate the love and support. Shout out to our radio partnership with Elevation. Appreciate your help. Make sure you share our show. We appreciate it. If you got a, a episode you want us to do, you got a financial question, career question, make sure you send it to ask at com. So let's start with step one. You're just going to give these steps out for freely? We're just giving them the- Abbreviated okay. version. <laughs> abbreviated and it's very high level- But when we come out with the actual thing, it will be more guided, more detailed, but we're just going to give them some quick steps here. Amazing. So first one, set clear financial goals, right? We've talked a lot about this on our podcast before, the importance of having clear goals written down and understanding that our goals need to be meaningful. They need to be Mm -hmm. realistic. They need to be purposeful, right? All too often, most of us don't have these goals written down with a strategy on how to achieve them. So I think first thing is think about like the goals that we're making, right? Learning to live a life beyond material possessions. So when we think about financial goals, a lot of us I think go astray and think, "Oh, we want a new car. We need a bigger house." I think when it comes to living your life, you need to learn to live a life that's based on fulfillment and value and your goals need to be as such, right? So I think when we're setting our financial goals, don't make them superficial, make them meaningful. And then also what goes with that is defining your success. Don't make success all about wealth. Make it about having quality in our lives, spending time with those that we love, and getting your time back. So a lot of what we do in this podcast, we talk about building wealth, not to become rich people that have a lot of money. It's about having the time for your family and your loved ones, and giving back to society. I think that's a great way to establish your financial future and where you want to go.
1: Thoughts on that, Serge? Yeah, I think uh, you can't really put a price on having time with people you love. So it's not always what your salary is or how much money you have in your bank account. That's important. But then what you just said really resonated was uh, having that time with the people you love, right? That has a value as well. And so In this podcast, yes, it's about building wealth, but really
0: focus on goals that are valuable, that give your time, that aren't superficial, meaning it's just about making money and buying fancy stuff. That stuff doesn't matter. So the first step in this whole thing, clear financial goals that have meaning and purpose. That's your first step. Tip number two in this process, building a one-month survival fund for peace of mind. Right? And so this is for folks that are more starting off, maybe coming out of school maybe just went through a financial catastrophe. I think one thing that you need to do if you're starting off from the beginning is build one month of your expenses. We're gonna call this the survival fund. And this is gonna allow you to probably get out of debt, not be so stressed, feel like you have stable footing. So maybe you have debt that you're tackling, you owe a lot of money every month. What can you do to get some stability, get your feet underneath you. I think building a survival fund is the next step, right? So you've gone through this process of figuring out what you really want in your life. That was number one. Get your goal down, make it. Make sure it's not superficial, mm-hmm. make it purposeful, meaningful. Now you're thinking about, all right, how do I start my journey? And I think it's get your survival fund in place. One month of all your monthly expenses, sitting in the bank, And now you're going to have some
1: options. You're going to have a little bit of breathing
0: room. Simple, but powerful. Serge, thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah. I like how simple it is, like you said. And I like the the word survival really resonated too. I think one month, you, you should be able to do that if you follow the goals, right? If you follow the plan, I think it's obtainable. And so for the listeners, Serge and
0: I are in the Silicon Valley. Expenses are pretty high. Most people here spend about 3,000 to 6,000 a month just for regular expenses. It can be higher, can be up to seven and eight. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to get your foundation under you, if you're someone that spends 5,000 a month, get 5,000 in cash sitting in the bank account before you tackle anything else, right? Yes, you might have debts and bills that you pay, but step one, or no, step two, make sure you get that cash to cover that one month. On to number three. Budget wisely and save for emergencies. You've built up that one month reserve. Next thing you're going to do is you're going to work on building your emergency fund and building in a budget, right? So emergency fund, we've talked about this a lot. It's three to six months. If you only have one income, it's six months. If you have two, you go to three months. Mm -hmm. Sitting in cash, that's your emergency fund. Emergency funds is vitally important because it gives you that cushion when life goes awry, you lose your job. You get an illness, you need a surgery, whatever it is, you got it there to protect you. So uh, a common thing I deal with, a lot of the folks that I help, they might have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank and then something happens, they lose their job and then they're in a real tough bind and they're trying not to raid their retirement accounts and they just never had a big enough emergency fund built in place to to survive these unfortunate situations. We're all going to have them at some point, although it feels like, ah, I just work my job and it's pretty steady. Life happens, right? There's a lot of things that we just, there's nothing we can do about it sometimes. So you gotta have that money built up for when that happens. So you don't turn to credit cards, turn to debt, and you can get out of that situation unscathed. Yep, three to six months. And then make sure that you are budgeting. I always recommend folks budget on a regular basis, meaning they look at what they did last week. They plan for the next upcoming week on what they're gonna spend. So having either weekly or bi-weekly budget reviews is important. Make sure you get some accountability in this budgeting. So if you have a significant other that's perfect, make sure that you guys are sitting down regularly. It's planned. And then when you're doing these things appropriately, make sure you reward yourself by it could be a TV show, piece of cake, whatever you want, uh, piece of cake. I don't know. Whatever you think is. <laughs> that's how I reward myself, right? I'm a fatty. I get certain financial goals. I buy myself a piece of cake. Don't you laugh at me. Don't you don't you, don't you? You're judging eyes right now. Gosh. But yes. So tip number three on our uh, blueprint is basically you budget and you build up an emergency fund, right? That's your third one. Tip number four or step number four, however we're referring to, this is in your realm, right? Excelling in your career for financial stability. So big staple of our podcast is focusing on your career. Yes, it's what you do. You went to school for it. You put a lot of your energy and time into it, but also you want to realize that your career isn't just meant for those things. It's a meant to build you wealth so you can eventually retire, eventually have financial freedom. And Serge, you're great at this. And you tell people, yes, you want to do good at your job, but you also want to make sure that there's a purpose there and that it's getting you to where you want to be. Yeah. Any words on this one?
1: Yeah, I think you have to use your job or your career as a vessel or vehicle to get you where you want to be and help you live the life you want to live. It's not your identity. It's not the end all be all. I see it as a way to enable the lifestyle I want, right? To give me that time of the family when I want and need it, right? I think that's important. We talk a lot about that on the show.
0: Career, it's important. You want to enjoy what you do, but remember, don't lose sight of the fact that the whole reason we went to school to work is to make money Mm -hmm. and eventually deploy that money to give ourselves financial freedom. Step four, make sure you are excelling in your career, improving yourself. We talk about that a lot. Don't be stagnant. Improve yourself so you make yourself more valuable, consistently look for opportunities in your job to make more money. And that's a staple and an essential step in your path to financial freedom. Number five, save and invest 20% of your income. Super important, right? And it's very simple. A lot of times we can be like, oh, I'm going to save what I got. Terrible strategy. You and I both know that doesn't work. (laughs) So understand that if you need to get ahead, and everyone's number is different, but I say good rule of thumb for everybody that is still working, try to save 20% of what you're making. If you can't, make sure you pick up a side hustle. It's important. Save at least $750 a month towards your future. 20% is a good rule of thumb. I think bare minimum, if you are out of school and you're trying to push forward, $750 is like the minimum bar going towards your saving, going to your investments. I've run numbers on what it takes for median households to survive. And I think that's a minimum number, right? So yes, whatever you can save is valuable, whether it's 100 or 200 bucks. But yep. I think if you really want to move forward at a fast pace, this is just for the average individual, $750 at the minimum, you should be saving. Like I said, if you can't get in, the, in your job, pick up a side hustle. So yeah, that is the next part of it is being able to consistently save 20% of your income or get to $750 per month and deploy that in
1: a strategic manner. Questions you, on that one? Do you think that's $750 to a savings account or to like an investment? What are your thoughts there? Great question. We always start at first with not our emergency fund, but we're calling it our
0: survival fund, right? That's where the money goes first. After the survival fund, we work on that emergency fund. So it's either going to be the three or the six months. So remember, if you have two income sources, you can go three. If you only have one, you need to go six. And then after that, everything is deployed towards your investments. And that's going to be a combination of stocks. And then a combination will also go towards like real estate. But I think putting that money into investments like stocks and bonds makes the most sense if you've got that emergency fund done, and then eventually you'll keep some in your stocks and some of it will be deployed towards real estate. Yep. Makes sense. All right. So number six, say goodbye to high interest debt. So that's going to be car payments, credit cards, all consumer debt, basically. And we've talked about before on the podcast, the difference about understanding not all debt is the same, right? There's big differences. Bad debt, like credit cards, car loans, all the consumer debt. Nothing good about it. Nothing good can come of it. Not valuable. Debt for going to school. A lot of people demonize student debt and it can ruin lives. But at the same time, the stats tell us that when you are educated and you get your college degree, you're going to do better. Just make sure you don't go overboard. Make sure whatever debt you're taking out, you can get rid of in one to two years. And if You already made the mistake and you took on the debt. I feel bad. Keep working on it. You can get rid of it either through savings or strategic planning. Depends on your situation. I won't get in too much into that podcast, but there are strategies to get rid of your debt. But yeah, I think being able to at least say in this whole process that getting rid of that high interest, bad debt is a huge step to moving forward. And a couple things that you can do to get rid of it, if you have high interest debt, you can use the snowball method or the avalanche method. We've talked about that on uh, different podcasts. Snowball is basically you take an amount that you can save every single month, you put it towards your smallest debts and you really focus in one and then you move on to the next one. And it gives a of a psychological win and gets you feeling like, oh, I can do this. And you see the progress. Or you do the avalanche method, which means you take the highest interest rate and you take that down. So very similar, but those are ways that you can get rid of the debt. You can also, like we've talked about before, not just use your current income, but you pick up a side hustle to kill it faster. But yes, step number six, get rid of the high interest debt. That's a big one. Number seven, maximize your retirement account and then start funding your investment account. So- I think that the biggest thing with this is start as soon as possible. Do not wait on this and don't think about it. The time will never be right. Common thing we hear from people is, oh, I'm I'm gonna start it later. I just don't have enough money right now. You know, what's the Nike slogan? Just do it. Just do it. Don't think about it. Make it automatic. If you think about it too much, wait for the perfect time. It's never gonna happen. There will never be a perfect time. Just do it. Where I've made the most progress in my financial situation is I just started saying, I'm just going to do it. The money's going to go to my retirement account. The money's going to go to my investment account. And I'm not going to think about it. Just put it on autopilot. That is such a big key. And you might think, ah, it's going to be tough and just do it. If you just do it, you'll figure it out along the way. Yes. You might need to adjust what you're saving, bring it down a little bit, but just get it on autopilot and just move forward with it. So Retirement accounts, investment accounts are the next step in the process. I think funding both of those is important because your retirement accounts is your long-term focus. Your investment accounts is your middle-term or medium-term focus. Both are important. So I think getting a combination of funding both is the best way to go about that. Questions there? No, I think that's pretty straightforward. Those are That's spot on. All right. Now on to step eight. Is going to be home ownership and tax advantages. All right. So you've got your emergency fund figured out. You got retirement going. You got your investment accounts going. You've just been doing it every single month. Getting that 20% or saving at least 750 bucks. Now you've got options. Your investment accounts have done well. You got some money in your retirement account. and Now you can do the American dream of home ownership right? Now, as I said before, home ownership is valuable. We see that people that have homes, that's where a great deal of Americans' wealth is tied up and how they've become well-off. Now, I will say when you're thinking about buying a home, don't have this illusion that it's the best investment you'll ever make because the performance of buying your own primary residence is not as valuable as we are taught in society. We're taught like, oh, that's the best investment I ever made. It can be based off the fact that you have an asset that you're forced to put thousands of dollars into every month and it goes up a bit. But even for people that live in areas where real estate has gone bonkers, it has not outperformed the market over the long haul. So I think it's important. I think it can help you with your tax situation when you own a primary residence. I think it can be something that's way better than a savings account. It's really great for people that need a forced method of savings. So if you're a high spender, you're uh, blowing money all the time, it gives people that need that discipline a good way to build wealth, right? It's not the best way to build wealth, but it allows you to build wealth better than something that's sitting in your savings. But if you need the discipline, which a lot of us do, having your own primary residence is fantastic. So I think that's the next step is you look at replacing the money you're throwing away on your rent. And you buy a house that forces you to
1: build equity and something that's going to be your own. I think that's the next step. I think that's just another way to, that's like long-term growth, right? Long-term thinking that could set you up for life, right? You never know what that sort of equity could be. So I love that one.
0: Exactly. And you got stability now, something to call your own, everyone's financial dream, but you got something that's building equity, which is the most important part. And it's not going to outpace your stocks or your retirement accounts, but it's there and it's moving you forward in a big way. Number nine, protect your wealth with insurance and making sure you have good risk management. So that is all things like asset diversification in your stocks and your investments. Don't want to have too much in one basket, right? Don't want to have all your money in Apple or Airbnb or Google. You want to have a chunk, You can that's fine. Keep 10%, 20% in single stocks. But after that, try to have some good diversification. Make sure you have great insurance. Insurance is not sexy. It's one of those things that's boring. We don't really think it's valuable, but shoot, you need it when bad stuff happens. You get an auto accident. It's nice to have insurance. Health, got to make that's one of the most common ways people go bankrupt is not having good health insurance. Making sure you have a good umbrella policy in case someone sues you. I myself have about 2 million, maybe two and a half of umbrella, just in case someone sues me, making sure if you're in a job where people can go after you, you have good insurance. So make no mistakes about it. Although insurance is something we hate, we don't like, it is just as valuable as the wealth building side of things. We tend to focus on what can we do to make more money, have more money, but not many of us focus on the value of protection. And it is every bit as of important as the other side. So you want to have some of that proper life insurance, be cautious with permanent policies and all that stuff. Having some good term insurance is good. Yeah. So just risk management in general, protecting what you have, make sure you have that figured out, have will and trust in place, all that stuff.
1: Questions there, Serge? No questions. I just think that's something which should be top of mind for all of us, that long-term planning. And then we're on to our last step, right? Simple as that, folks, 10 steps, right? (laughs) Like I said, there's
0: a lot more that's going to come out when we release our course and all that stuff, but these are the high level ones. So then the last part I think is investment real estate. So going back through this plan, you've built up your emergency fund, you have started to build up your investment accounts, your retirement, you've built some equity now in your home that you have. Now that you've been paying your mortgage, theoretically, you've had some appreciation on your property, you have ability to extract some of that equity and maybe use it for an investment property or sell some of the stocks you have and get into an investment property. And this is one of the key things. And I'm be just using these steps based off the sample size of people I've worked with, hundreds of folks now, and seeing what common, regular folks have done to achieve financial freedom and do very well. And this is a big part of it. So investment real estate is the next level and a whole nother level than say a primary residence. I think the primary residence can be a good stepping stone, good for your psychology, your peace of mind. But really where true wealth is made is yes, on your stock portfolio, but specifically in investment real estate. Reasons being you got the potential for appreciation, but you also have cash flow. It's very easy when you get a property and you start renting it out to get great return numbers. You have the benefit of imperfect pricing. You can buy properties. They can be at a low value. You can get deals on them. But also you can do things to real estate property to increase the value, right? So you have the ability to gain appreciation, build up cash flow. You get tax benefits from your real estate. So a lot of things you can write off. And then you also have the ability of you are leveraging debt Good debt, you can 8x, 9x the power of your money. So, very powerful. So, this is one of the most common ways I've seen people achieve financial freedom is through investment real estate. So, this is the final step. And
1: I think when you get all these together, you're on the path to success. So, any questions on that, Serge? No, man. I think this is a really good intro to this idea of the blueprint. We're going to go deeper on that very soon, but I think this is good, man. We all want this. We all need these simplified steps to be successful absolutely so there you got it folks see it's not
0: that hard just 10 steps but there's a lot that goes into it but hopefully that gives you some direction and helps you realize it's really not that hard just got to get hone in on all these areas and then you're good you're on a path that's going to give you and your loved ones financial freedom so that's all we got today make sure you like the show send your questions in to ask free retiree.com but thank you for joining us so long for now. Securities offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Member of FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Third party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. All or portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Airbnb, Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda
1: and company.